Hey everyone, this is Dave Benichetti from YMT. You're listening to Middle Age Metalhead. Turn it up! Good evening and welcome to another edition of Middle Age Metalheads. My name is Colin Bossler. As always, I am joined with my brothers in metal, Michael Stamps, Woo! David Timoney, Yo. and John Harden. John, John Harden's got sexy voice going on tonight. <laughs> it's a quiet storm in Austin. Yeah, it's right. or I call it Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we are here for, I love these episodes, Q&A, listener, Q&A, volume seven, I think is what we just agreed upon, or 6.2 or something like that, yep. where we, where we, yeah. where we hey, take If anyone it, has yeah. found episode four that's missing, let us know. Yeah. I'm trying to. Did we skip it or did we well, record I think we it? We skipped it. We were like a yeah. little, little tipsy, it, it, so we just deleted you know, it. It's, it's, it's record keeping isn't our strong point on this. It's with the lost Dio episode. I don't yeah. get paid, don't get paid to keep records here. Why don't we talk about what year in the '80s we're going to cover again, and then every time cross out the ones that we've done. <laughs> so no whiteboard uh, in our in our boardroom. Yeah, we don't have whiteboards. Before I mean, we do that, the weekend metal. wants to start the weekend metal that was, a, that was a tasty all right metal david thank you for david's that. jumping in there yeah man little, little I'm, I'm gonna jump in because here's the thing colin and i were talking the other day we were we are gonna see each other it'll be by the time we see the last of our shows we've got a string of shows that we're both going to by the time that has done we will have seen each other what like seven times in about two weeks or two yep. months Yep, and I and I like it. Me too. I'm I loving like it, man. It. I love you know what walking into a room. I don't know. I don't know anybody of the listeners have ever seen Colin. Colin's like, what are you six foot something? I'm six two. Six two. He's not a small man. He's a strapping lad. A strapping <laughs> lad. So I walk in and he's standing there with his buddy Shane and Jennifer and I walk in to the Steve Vai concert here at the Whoa. Keswick, and that's a great uh, venue. It's what did you say it was, Colin? The most acoustically perfect room. It used to be a vaudeville room. Yeah, your wife said that she looked at it. It was a vaudeville room and was uh, hailed as the most acoustically perfect room in the country at one yeah. point. But uh, yeah, so we. Um, it's I'd never seen Steve Vai, and it was kind of on my list of things I wanted to see before I croaked. And uh, he was coming through close enough, and I I grabbed some tickets, and then. I don't know if like a bot picked up all the good seats like right away or something because like a couple hours later for like not a whole lot more there were better seats and I was like oh well let me grab them and in the meantime I figured out I was not even going to be in town so I had like contacted Colin and I was like hey man you want to see this show I'll sell you my tickets and he's like yes anyway so the four of us wind up at uh at Vi and um it was let me say everything I thought it would be and that includes a little weird. <laughs> I mean, that, that that comes with the ticket, right? You know that you like 
it's was, not a surprise. It, it, is, is the weird part where there's like no vocals or songs? Instrumental gigs are strange. Does he? Now he has some vocals on some of his songs. Does no, he bring a singer or no? Okay, okay. So the answer is no. Ugh. But I will put an asterisk there because about maybe two thirds of the way, three quarters of the way through the show, he introduces the sound guy, the guy doing monitors. That got picked up. They they was on tour in Spain. They liked this guy. They brought him with them for the rest of the tour. Is that the guy, guy from Dangerous Toys? No. <laughs> no. This, this like Spanish dude. They're like he's an MMA fighter and he's a chef and he's a sound man and he's also an opera singer. So they're getting ready to play one of my favorite Steve Vai songs. And this guy comes out and sings along. Yes, he did. He any any refund? Any partial refund on that <laughs> or no? Um, <laughs> what, what what song did they sing? Possibly it was um, "For the Love of God," which is a really great instrumental off of Passion Warfare. God. If you're not familiar with it, it's very that song. And uh, there's a song off a of flexible called they, uh, called "Call It Sleep," and they're both like very moving, really, really good. Like even if you're not a Vi guy, really like great melody. Awesome soloing. But you said the song was an instrumental. So it like, is how, instrumental. How do the vocals fit in? I don't know if he just started making up words. I mean, Vi's a strange cat, so it's possible there were words that just are not in the in the tune, you know. But so the guy's just improving like stuff, op- like doing operatic like Spanish music. Yeah, dude. It was peculiar. Okay. Right? And the other thing is that Vi is not like a personality. Right. Like his personality is his, his music speaks, not yeah, him. Literally, dude. Like he should not talk to people. Because he plays this song and he is just tearing this thing up, man. Just like going for it. Switching it, like a new guitar for every song. Just killing it. Then he gets on the mic and Did he's he like, have the big heart guitar from David Lee Roth band? Dude, I wish. Sadly oh, no. That's too bad. He had like a couple of like the new ones, a couple of the old ones. Yeah, the dragon. What's that thing called? The Hydra that the doesn't Hydra. have seven heads. The Hydra that does not have seven heads. <laughs> I think the three-headed dragon is called Tiamat, if you ever watch I mean, Dungeons and Dragons. you guys go to a that show like this, and you're sort of watching it from afar, and, and, you know, you like his music, but then something like that comes out, and you're like, God, this is fucking stupid. But, like, I, what's I did, the rest of the crowd like? Are here, they here's, here's my here's Yes, and here's my theory. I said to Shane, I would wager... 60 to 65% of that crowd was guys that play guitar and and think they're okay at playing guitar. And they went yeah, to Yeah, I, I think went, you're about 40 to 35% low. Right. <laughs> so so to them, yes, to them it's a god pulling out some new right. creation. Oh my god. That cuz remember it was under a cloak in the mist. Yeah, of course. That's Seriously, what made me it was ill. <laughs> it was a, sent real, me a picture of it before yeah. it was unveiled and Dark, I was just like, come on, smoky, dude. It's like cloak. Halloween horror nights. You should have seen the Hydra. You should have seen how confused everybody was when I walked in with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was that. Yeah. You were in the minority. <laughs> yeah, most you of those guys running. just hit pause on farewell to kings to come uh, into the building. <laughs> dude, that, no, no worries, dude. That, that's his sister. That's right. <laughs> they went to the prom. But yeah. um, no, it's um, it, look, it was good. It was good. I really was wishing. He would have played something older. That he played like one, two songs off of Passion Warfare, 
and nothing earlier than that. And I kind of was hoping he'd play something. Like, you watch those videos of him with, um, like, Mike Keneally, who's, like, a really great sidekick guitar player. I mean, a great guitar player in his own right. And there's videos of them playing, like, the Attitude song and stuff like that, just, like, blowing. But here's the thing, man. The song ends. He just, like, shredded the heck out of this thing. He grabs the mic and he's like, hey, buddy. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> hey, uh, uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, you know, wait. I'm like, dude. Like, worse. Remember when Zappa would do interviews and you're like, this guy's weird. Worse. Like, awkward, strange, afraid of girls. <laughs> <laughs> the music was great. Um, I, 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 I'm going to say I'm a, I was a little underwhelmed. He's old. But, but but David, you said like it was sort of like ah, this is the you know one of your 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 guitar legend idols. Uh, did you feel at least somewhat satiated by like going and seeing him and like you could check that off your list? It's like okay, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, I say this all the time. The best thing about going to a show is when it's over and you can talk about it later. <laughs> you know, um, not the actual experience, just sort of like. But I'll tell you, you now. So we do is- the debriefing. This is what I'll say, man. Everybody. You, you ever see those things that, like, find yourself a guy who looks at you like this guy looks at a beer. Find yourself a guy who enjoys going to see live music the way Colin Bosler loves to go see live music and go to a show with Colin. Because I came out of there and I was like, that was really good. And he's like, that was awesome. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, okay, I feel better about this now because I can be. How, over, how is that? How is that different from every conversation with Colin? Uh, you just you got to see it in person. You got to be there because I can be super critical. You know, it's like I, people are like, "Oh, did it sound like the record?" And if it sounds like the record, too much like the record, you feel like it's a waste. You want it to be live and exciting, but sometimes live and exciting goes too far. Like they go too far off script, too far off the reservation, so to speak. Okay. And then you're like, hey, it wasn't enough like the record. There's some sweet spot, you know? Um, like a live two drink is <laughs> <laughs> great, right? Yeah. So, so Colin, what, what was your experience of this whole, uh, you know, Dave and Jen, you know, being like an actual couple, plus the, you, you showing up with, uh, with, with Shane and enjoying Steve I music? Well, it was a beautiful night. First of all, I'm going to return. The compliment. Love to see David and Jen. Fantastic couple. Great couple of people. So uh, love to, to hang out with those guys. And I had seen Steve Vai before. I saw one of those G3 um, Ooh, or whatever oh it was my. called. Uh, what was it? It wasn't G3. It was something like G6 about, or something. It's something with, yeah, I can't yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. with Axe in the title. But anyway, so I had seen him before. Uh, Generation uh, Axe. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I liked it. It, it, it. I will agree with David that there was some weirdness. And I don't necessarily get down with the weirdness. I don't really need the the smoke with the hydra, and I don't necessarily need some of the the chit chat. He did say his wife made him do it. He said my wife told me I should talk more, which I don't know why the wife said that. But um, but in terms of playing, it was fun, and and, and I love the Keswick. It's a beautiful theater, great seats. Uh, they were really nice on the aisle, so plenty of leg room. It was it was just a fun night, and I I kind of it was very intimate. And that's the word that I would use to describe it. And I like intimate shows. I think yeah. it's kind of a neat feel that it's uh, almost makes me feel a little, a little classy being in an intimate show like that. You know, kind of a small crowd, not invitation only, but smaller, smaller that, you know, you feel a little more personal, in my opinion, mm-hmm. when, when they're talking to you. Yeah. So I had a great time. Yeah. 
And, and if I may continue with my, my week in metal, the night before, we went to see Michael Schenker in, uh, in Stroudsburg, who did a ton of UFO music, did a lot of shredding, played some of his stuff. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, he's got a singer. Boy, that dude can sing. And uh, sorry, I didn't write down the guy's name. I'm sure John is the uh, keeper of most of those facts or gets them quickly. But whoever's singing with the Michael Schenker group right now, his his voice is phenomenal. It was uh, it, it was a, a good show. The uh, gentleman from Eric Martin opened up for him, and uh, he was the voice of Mr. Big. The strange thing about that was he did know Mr. Big. So to me, it was a little strange like, to say, yeah, say the voice, because we had seen him at the Spyglass Ridge when Michael and Sharia and that's I right, yeah. hung out. And he did some Mr. Big, which yeah, just kind of figured that's going to happen, of right? Of course. And, right. And this time he didn't. And I thought, well, <laughs> if you're missed, if you're known for Mr. Big and you don't sing Mr. Big, you're just kind of a guy with an acoustic guitar and a band. So, yeah. you know, it was nice. Um and then there was an opening band, and they were they were terrible. I don't say that very often, but it was it was not a very good band called Into Eden. I think was their name. They were they were not good. <laughs> but but Shanker was really good. Again, his lead singer can can really wail, and uh, that was again all UFO kind of stuff, and and uh, just just a good time. So I saw two guitar players uh, aficionados back to back. So it was a nice forty eight hours of, of some solid guitar playing. Yeah, nice. I'm seeing I'm Shanker just, on Friday. How oh, far, you'll, how you'll be really pleased with Armored Saint and Wasp. He's doing that bill in Texas. Yeah. How I'm bad talking. does a band have to be for Colin to say they're bad? Bad. I've Real only bad. said that. I've only said that a couple of times this yeah. year. Angel's so, new album. Yeah. <laughs> Fastest land oh. animal is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and this called. And this, the, the one band that earlier this year was called Fastest Land Animal, and they were oh, terrible. Wow, and, th- wow. and this one's called Into Eden, and they just, you know, I give the I give the guys credit, but they were all four doing four different things. The drummer was just trying to show us how really talented he is, which is fine, but it had oh, nothing to do with yeah. the guy singing, which had nothing to do with the guitar playing and nothing to do with the bass. Yeah. I'm like, like you exactly. guys do understand. <laughs> I was like, you guys yeah. do understand you're on the same stage with each other. So yeah, anyway. well, they're probably like a local band, and they're sort of like, "Hey, you guys want to come out?" No, they're on tour. They're, they're on tour with them. Oh, that's yeah. gross. Okay, yeah. and they were selling yeah. T-shirts out in the lobby and all that stuff. And oh man, some people you know, like it for doing the week in metal. And Colin hasn't seen five shows that week. That is sort of light. It's a little <laughs> light this week. Yeah, Michael, I, I, what do you got? No, I was just, I was just gonna like piggyback on on Colin and just say like that. Uh, yeah, w- w- the last time I saw Shanker was at, at the Sellersville Theater, and it was like it was a really cool shoot show too. In 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 the sense that too, it was like really intimate, and you know the the Sellersville Theater is like I want to say like a fourth of the size of like the Keswick, so it's like really small, and. Uh, <laughs> He had a bassist and a drummer. I think the drummer was Herman Rarebell. Wow. And the bassist was Francois. So it's like, okay, Half this is super cool. And uh, and they did some Scorp songs. And they, yeah, they of course, they did some UFO songs. And they did some MSG songs. They did other Shanker stuff. It was like, you know, going into it, it's going like, I don't know. Is he just going to do like guitar wanker stuff and just sort of like just be like the Michael <laughs> Schenker like guitar clinic show? It's like, nope, he played songs. They had a singer. It was awesome. <laughs> so mm-hmm. hopefully, John, you'll get like a little taste of that, too. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but it, it, it seems like he's kind of I don't know. Obviously, Herman and uh, 
and Francois are still like uh, touring with uh, with Scorpions on their uh, their their tour that they're uh, still working through despite the the White Snake dropout. So um, I don't know, but again, missing out. Nope that that's that's definitely a beer, and then wait for Armored Saint, and then the Wasp. Damn. <laughs> so I'll John, see it. I never have. John John's gonna get the yeah. So just check it out. For yeah, sure. it's fine. Like, but uh, I, otherwise, I can have I, beer I, and watch. I have no weekend metal uh, news to report, so we can get I, on. I've got a quick one. Uh, it looks like Mike Tramp is going to tour in the spring and do White Lion songs, which he really? has not done since 91. Uh, since White Lion broke up and uh, and he played with Vito Brada, he's had a career where he does country music now. A lot of, a lot of sort of like it leans into the rock side but country music and uh he just announced this week in may uh he is going to be touring the music of white lion so he hasn't said who his band is um i have actually reached out to try and get mike on the show so we will see um you know maybe maybe once we get a little closer to the tour uh, we can have a chat with him about why that's happening but as a white lion fan i'd love to see it so uh I'm sure, as Colin put it, he'll be playing intimate venues. Um, yeah, <laughs> some PB and J. Probably playing some PB and J songs. So uh, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Yeah. No. And again, that that's something to look forward to. Again, if you, if you enjoy the bite line and their songs and stuff, whether or not Vito is Vito's not coming back from retirement, but like I would doubt that, it. That that'd be nice. They're songs that haven't been beaten into the ground, uh, you know, on on the tour circuit, the fair circuit or whatever. It's just, you know, a lot of those, been, you know, Dawkins hasn't stopped touring since 1987, whereas, you know, these songs haven't been played. So, yeah, yeah. true. So it, that, that'd be a rare treat. So that's All like, right. That's something to look forward to. <clears throat> that's it. A quick and easy week in metal this week. Now, now. we get to... <laughs> Because this is Colin's favorite episode, let's have Colin choose first. Colin, what question from our listeners? We had them submit questions across our pantheon of social media, so being Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, as, lo- as long as there is a Twitter, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not make it to episode eight, but uh, Colin, dealer's choice. What would you like to put forth? All right, this is good. Just, uh, oh boy, there's so many here. Almost makes you want to read them. Dead. <laughs> Always, a, there's a bunch I've got thoughts on. I'm going to go with number six. I'm going to go with this one from from Hollywood Dan. Hollywood so Dan. it's Hollywood Dan Kennedy. So it says, "I love Motley Crue's Shout of the Devil, Def Leppard, Van Halen, Back in Black, Coheed and Cambria, Ghost, etc." But then I hear super heavy bands like Celtic Frost. I think. I guess I don't love metal. The question is, guys, am I even metal? So my answer is, first of all, anybody. No. Yeah. Anybody. The named, quick answer to that is no. No. The answer is yes. First of all, anybody named Hollywood Dan is metal. Period. Okay. He's got a cool ass nickname. The second thing is, to me, all of those qualify as metal releases. It's not Celtic Frost. It's not no. create Creator. It's not you know Slayer. But to me, we've always lumped them in as metal and so to me hollywood dan is metal all right i'm gonna expand upon that hollywood dan is one of my closest friends and uh dan is not metal 
And, 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 and Dan has been a guest on the Dan podcast has been on before. the show. Yeah. Can yes. I, can I, can Dan I, before you jump into Bosler. this, before you jump into your love and defense of Dan, when he was asked to bring a metal song to the podcast, I think he, he brought R.E.M. Yeah. 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 Like the replacements, maybe? Right. Yes. yes. That too. Uh, here, here's what I was going to say. Is Dan metal? No. But Dan is a fan of music. And I think that supersedes being metal. I think he can have a conversation about Guns N' Roses. And just like David said, he can equally talk about R.E.M. or any number of bands between now and 1980 or 1970, rather. And uh, to me, I, I would say that's more important, being able to have a wide breadth of music instead of just being one thing. Uh, I, I would consider myself the same way. Am I metal? No. Do I love metal? Yeah, I, I do. And and of the music I listen to, it's my favorite music. But I love all sorts of music. So, sort of metal. So, so that that's what that's well stated. I think I I, I would agree with that. David, you, you want to add into that uh, consent? I mean, oh, except for like the fact that like the one sort of thing. Like, he only like, asked I, one I question. And I think we cross. answered it, right? <laughs> I still, I Celtic cross. That that's it. That you're you're not in the you're not Look, the, Dan, you're not the party. Dan, meet us, meet us in Houston in March. Oh God, no, Dan, at, don't do that. At Hell's Heroes. No, Dan and I are making plans to go see Danny Elfman when he comes back around with that show he did at the Hollywood Bowl because that was that was the shit. Right like, boom, last boom, week. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> no, it was amazing. He, I, he did like a th- two and a half, three hour show where he did play with an orchestra. Oh, so I they bet. did some of a his lot score. Of and, and then a lot of Oingo Boingo music as well. It was like wow. super cool. It was really good. But that's what I'm saying. Not metal, but incredible. So I'm tempted who wants to, like, to go next? Over who, wants, who wants to For the, take for the, the record, one? Dan, you're always metal in my so, so, There so, you go. So, so Dave, if you want to roll. To the Sellersville Theater with Colin, you can be metal. We'll meet you in the back Dave. alley with a PB and J. So, so, there so you David, go. David, you're, you're <laughs> PHG, whatever that was. But like, so David, you're saying like Dan, not metal. No, I mean, look, you can be anything you want to be, Dan. <laughs> you're in there a you safe go. space. Father, Father Timony has spoken. Who's next? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just going to say, too, like, uh, yeah, just because you're not into, like, one band uh, or they just they, they don't, like, you know, rub you the right way, that doesn't mean that you're not metal. And, and again, I go with, uh, as, as all of us are, like, really eclectic uh, fans of music. Yeah, we, do we love metal? Yes. Do we identify as, like, purely metal? Not a hundred percent. That's 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 not a thing. You if if you're one hundred percent metal, then you're missing a lot of great music. Um, so and again, like we we grew up in in an era where it's like you know people were like, "Are you true metal? Are you like the real thing?" And it's like it, it actually discouraged you from like listening to like music that you would fucking adore now or you you totally missed out on um because you had like some sort of sense of pride for 
this particular genre of music and you, you would prefer to listen to Vinnie Vincent Invasion second album um all systems go and not listen to the fucking pixies that's me and it's like loser i had no friends so i didn't get that pressure <laughs> okay well so but you you so anybody else say like you could get into all these bands now um but we're moving on to the next question who's got it you take it mike sounds like you. um <laughs> okay so i'm gonna like just pop on to uh this question by one Sherry from Facebook. Um, and she wants us to know, uh, may maybe it's pronounced Cherie, but I'm just, I don't know. It could be French. Who knows? Um, she wants each of us to like weigh in about uh, what can maintain relevance of a band through the decades production. Oh no, what are the things that can maintain a band's relevance through the decades? Is it their production? Are they like consistent with following trends? Is it label promotion, social media, quality of music, name recognition? So it's it's a question about like how some bands kind of like get through the filter through the decades uh, by way of like their brand, or is it something about them that's essentially great, or is it just again kind of like you know they kind of get uh, squished? through MTV or even XM radio these days. So I, I think, I think first and foremost, what carries a band? And if we're going to talk about a band that has lasted throughout the decades, you have to have the songs first. All of this other stuff is in support of the songs. So you look at the stadium tour that went out this summer, as long as they have home sweet home, Motley Crue can play anywhere. As long as Def Leppard has Rock of Ages and, and Photograph, they can play anywhere. Same with Poison. They pull out the hits. You see bands that came from that time that had lesser hits or maybe only had one or two. And those are the bands that couldn't hang on. You know, those are the bands that even now they, they try and go out. You know, like a quiet riot. It's tough. You know, they go out, but... They go out on these these county fair circuits and they just don't have <laughs> enough hits to really make much of a splash. Well, that's because you know? their lead singer died in that case. Well, I, think I, I, Kevin I, I get it, was but I mean, Colin, most people can name four or five Def Leppard songs. Most people are hard-pressed to name more than one Quiet Riot song. Right. Oh, and, I disagree. And, and, I disagree. And, and to John's really? point, really? The sure. general public. If you said, hey, tell me your favorite Quiet Riot songs. What would they say? Come on, well, feel the not, noise. We're not talking about else? the general public. We're talking about people that like this kind of music. No, oh. but that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah, Quiet Riot plays on, bowling alleys now. Like instead, and that's you know that's why Motley Crue is playing baseball stadiums. Like I think there's a huge difference in the songs and the catalogs. That's to me number one. And then now it's just as time goes by. I think it's a mix of all those things that she mentioned, with the exception of label promotion because that's not a thing anymore yeah, um, but, it, but it was back in the day and that was a, a, absolutely but that's that's what built that's what was built from those songs you know what i mean the label promotion is what is what promoted the songs to give them a catalog of hits but these days if you're going to last decades motley Crue doesn't need a label def leppard doesn't need a label like uh, all of those things are are dead and gone you know, yeah. um, 
they've got their websites. That, that, that's a good point, John. And again, I think that's that's the essential thing. It's like what, what makes a legacy band a legacy band is um, yeah, certainly like what whatever it was in their past has contributed to like what has allowed them 30, 40 years to still be, um, as Sherry says, like relevant in the, in the sense that it's like, does anybody want to see them perform live anymore? And it's like, do you want to see Judas Priest live? Do you want to see Iron Maiden live? Do, uh, you know, they, they had all the, the, the promotion, they had all of the, the stuff, and they had like what they had back in the, in the late 70s and, the, and, and throughout the 80s, but also they had songs and they had a fan base and they had, the, I'm gonna just use like this sort of like, numinous term like they had mystique yeah i was gonna say that same thing like they have an x factor that that similar bands didn't have there's other bands that sound like motley Crue, but they didn't have whatever it was yeah and again no no apologies or to you know to uh to to quiet riot it's like quiet riot like they went platinum first as a metal band and they on the strength of a cover song that's granted. They did have another song it's called uh, Metal Health. Metal Health. That was the title of the record. Let, let's it. do this. Can we can we name like more uh, Quiet Riot songs? Well, Just we can. The four of us. Well, yeah, but we I mean, can, that's, we can that's do that sort that of night. Colin's point. You know, it's like like metal fans and, and fans like us, we can keep going with Slick Back, Black Cadillac and The Wild and The Young and, you know, songs like that. Yeah. But like... And, and, no one knows those songs outside of people who like fringe metal. But they, but they were small. And, and, and again, shout out to Rudy Sarzo, friend of the show. We love Rudy. And, and Carlos. Carlos is probably doing well. Love him, too. Frankie's gone. Kevin's gone. It's, it, it's not really a band. But, uh, David, what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, bands back, like these legacy acts, you've got two kind of two groups of legacy acts you've got legacy acts that wrote great songs and i think that any band that's going to withstand the test of time john i agree with you you've got to have the songs and that comes from the craft that comes from the how to like knowing how to write a song um and being able to sit down and you've got like these hit makers who sit down the bernie toppins of the world and the bob ezrins these guys who like they sit down like let's write a hit song and they write a hit song and what one, one one leg at a time is that it sure put your pants on one leg at a time i don't put my pants on and then um, i leave my pants on um somebody else will get this but you know the thing is the other side of that is you've got somebody who when they kind of launched and i'll give ozzy osbourne as this example he launched with a career in mind. He didn't launch with a single song at a time, a single record at a time. They were building a brand always with Ozzy Osbourne. And he doesn't have to put out good records, but he keeps putting out records and people will keep going to see him and he will keep playing stadiums and doing these things and he's got something going on everywhere. I'm not even that big of an Ozzy fan, but the guy is building an em- you know he has built an empire and he could put a record out tomorrow and everybody would buy it everybody would listen to it everybody would go see it 
and which, that's which, which has been happening since his most recent record that was released in September, uh, yeah. Patient Number Nine. And there's not a lot of acts who could do that. You take any of these legacy acts, they put out a record tomorrow. They're going to hit as hard as Ozzy's next record. No, of course not. Um, but I think that you can't. I say it's the songs. Like none of these, none of these bands are putting out songs. None of these bands are putting out new new music. So, well, some of them are. So, so let's, so let's consider that. Did. Call it. Call what. What's what your input on that? Punch uh, back at that. Well, just I, I the legacy bands to me were promoted. Michael tells a story all the times about seeing the T-shirts in school. We saw the circus magazine advertisements, and and you know back then promotion is how we learned about this music. To David's point, it was quality music. To to John's point, they're still alive, so they're still touring and making money. To me, all of those things have to be there for them to be still around today. We have to like the music; it has to be properly promoted that we bought it, and they still have to be alive. The bands that are dead. Or the people that are dead are the ones that that's when the music stops. Motorhead's a perfect example. You'll never see Motorhead again, right? Lemmy's right. gone. So you're never going to, so he's, there'll never be another version of that band. Their legacy band, very well promoted, iconic symbols, all that stuff. We, we, we follow like a flock to those that we are, have allegiance to, and we will until the quality of that music ends. And to John's point, the stadium tour still has quality. But as soon as that quality drops, like Quiet Riot, like Jack Russell's Great White, you know, that as soon as they start to, to fall like away, the stadium tour, <laughs> then we then we stop. But I think it's a perfect mix, a perfect storm of all of those pieces and parts have to be in place for these bands to have those kind of careers. Yeah, and and and, and to your point, Colin, it, it, it seems like that's determined by like what happened at the time to launch a particular band into fame and, and, and to like piggyback that on john's point too it's like if you're a great band and you have great songs then that's what the label is going to attach to and that's where the money's going to be invested that's where the promotion is going to go it's going to go into mtv and it's going to go into people's you know fm stereo speakers and stuff it's going to go into their walkmans you know, so there, there are plenty of bands, you know, David was alluding to Ozzy. It's like, yeah, Ozzy could put out shit, but like, Ozzy was part of a band back in Birmingham that started like 52 years ago. He did not come up with that band by himself. So it's like, it worked its way like up the pipeline a good 10 years or so, while other bands like Judas Priest, also a great legacy band, were working their way from being like a, kind of like a, a blues band it seems like or well, kind of like who, a, are, who are the bands that right now are ruining their legacy motley although mm-hmm. that may get better with with uh john five even though that's not you know i i, I think that's that's gonna burnish them a little bit i think that people are gonna go like now i really want to see them but like as long as vince isn't falling off the stage anymore which he hasn't in a while but you know check your news feed but uh, I think the band that we haven't mentioned yet that should be mentioned among these legacy bands, fucking Metallica. Metallica is the fucking the Grateful Dead, the great fucking tiny, tri, you know, T Rex of metal. Their brand, and again, like Motor, Motorhead too. It's like even without without Lemmy, you still have the legacy. You have the ghost. You have the legend of Lemmy. 
So are they going to do a dime bag and, uh, and Vinnie Paul sort of like, let's get back together and shit. No, but like you go into like any record shop, you walk on any college campus, you go to any show, motorhead gear, boom, boom, boom. Metallica though, masters of this whole promotion, this, 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 uh, this culture. John, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they haven't lost a step. Their their shows, there's no place bigger for them to play anymore. You know, as they as they keep going when they tour, they play in football stadiums. They're unless they're playing a festival that's just open land. There's no place bigger for them to go. I mean, David's question was, what bands are are tarnishing their legacy at this point? I, you know, most of them is is the answer. <laughs> true. And you I, know, and, what and I, mean? I hate like, and I hate to even point out like. Uh, these are bands that I I see from afar. Like I don't think Judas Priest is doing themselves any favors right now. I I completely agree, and I you know it's it's I think they're clinging on, and I don't know for what reason. I don't know if Rob Halford needs the money or whatever, but it's not really Judas Priest so much anymore. It's it's kind of him playing the music of Judas Priest, and even that, it's not as good as it could be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, you know. Colin has brought up seeing Dawkins as of late. Dawkins disastrous. Well, they were disastrous yeah. when they came. No, <laughs> well, I you know we we like Dawkins as a band, but I mean it's it's right, David. They Dawkin they would be like better Dawkin. off with Jack Russell's Dawkins because <laughs> Don cannot sing shit no. a- anymore. It's Not horrible. Um, you know, there's there's other bands that have changed singers, and and you know I think. Queensryche has done a decent job of keeping their head above water as a viable band, not only because they changed the singer, but they don't only rely on what Jeff Tate's work was with Todd De La Torre. They have also continued to record albums and put out albums. They, they just put one out yeah. and, uh, and when they play live, very good. So, um, you know, I'll, not- I'll add, uh, that, th- those are all good points, and I I will add on to like the the sort of thing like with some bands because they didn't have the promotion they they didn't get like uh, all of the love from FM radio at least maybe not more than just regionally, uh, but like a band like YNT right obviously people who know YNT David you know is guffawing here but it's like <laughs> shit that band should have been so big. That's a band that like opened for, did not open, but they were the headliner in Pasadena and, and Van Halen. So we're like, when are we going to get a record contract? And they're like, I don't know, dudes, we're going back up to San Francisco. and We're going to like rock the place. Dude, just so you know, who ended up being when we were at band. the, when we were at the Steve Vai show. And Colin has wine t-shirt on some dude came away. He's like, yo, man, I like your shirt. That's right. Several, several that's people right. said that Good to me. Him. Several people. That's, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. Dude, like, if you want to know who your know, audience is, know. they were at the Keswick. But, but no, no, it's the thing. You walk around, David, you walk around in Philly with a wine t-shirt, you're going to get a lot of likes. That's, that's they just guaranteed. They didn't even need a ladies folks. room that night. Maybe that. Maybe that's what the PHB is all about. It was a Call PB back. and J sandwich. That's all it nope, was. Nope. So, so it's going to be a PHB now. The P is for Philly. What's the HB part? Yeah, don't know. you know what it's for. Uh, next question. <laughs> Why don't you take the next one? All right. I'm just going to go in order because I don't care. All right. Please. Uh, question number one. 
if you could be on the road crew for one band doing one album on the tour, which band and which album? That comes from Brendan on Facebook. Um, you want me to answer this or you want somebody else to answer this? Oh, we I, want you to answer it, David. Jeez, dude. You know what? I Head would, to see camp. Let's do it. I No, you know what? I would go back to the 80s and I would I'd be on the crew of whatever those freaking party nut crazy tours are and it would be none of these bands that i'm that into right it'd be like molly crew guns and roses where these guys (laughs) just like party all day barely do the gig pack out party all night wake up in time to put the stuff get the stuff out of the truck for the next night i would i would do that so what 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 do you and just hope to survive your other sort of activities would involve in this fantasy Oh gosh, no! It would just be partying all the time, like that. The, the full-time job, and like the full. No, I mean I'm not into that. You know, like I don't need any of that action. I'm just saying, like I, I, in the '80s, you know, I was a I was a good student. I played in a band, and like we rehearsed a lot, and we gigged a lot, and I feel like I missed out on like the really heavy-duty party scene. So I'd be like, if I if I was on Quantum Leap right now, I'd be like, dude. 1983. So like, so what would be happening in the party? Never done in my life. It'd be like group showers and platters of krell. They'd be like, "Hey guys, I've I've never done heroin." (laughs) There you go. Thank you, Scott. Be like Sam. (laughs) Colin, which tour are you going on? Uh, That's a really, really because I did a lot of partying in the 80s. Nice. And, and the 90s and the early 2000s. Pretty much still. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I, my first, my honest, my first answer for, for Brandon would be, or Brandon, I apologize, would be that that Romstein show I just saw, I want to be on that tour to understand how the hell they pulled that off. I want to, I want to watch those guys with their, you know, 747s packed and 96 semis worth of truck uh, trucks uh, me, 96 semis trying to get all this stuff from city to city i mean i want to watch that i want to experience that but that's not really an album so thinking as i was listening to david's answer it, it would have to be back it would have to be back and, and probably you know being with ozzy osbourne back in the day would probably be really badass <laughs> uh, i would i would probably want to be but Zach would have to be there. And I read Zach's book, so I know some of the shenanigans that they put. So probably the rest for their wicked tour or something like that, back when you know, with when it was uh, that time in Ozzy's life where he was still misbehaving a lot, Zach was around. Um, I would no more tears maybe. Somewhere in that area would be kind of fun just to see how Ozzy lives his life when he's really on the road and and, and misbehaving that would get frosted ends on your beard (laughs) that's what i'm saying i I think that would be that would be an interesting interesting uh life to live for a while all right john what do you got for that i i I have a so the tour that i would go on would be bob dylan's 1966 tour for blonde on blonde and that's not metal here's here's why I, I don't like to carry things, and uh, hey, right. get my guitar. And, and D- Dylan, right? Dylan's got a harmonica and acoustic guitar. I can roll with that. I don't want to carry <laughs> shit. Like nah, that's why a, I'm going on tricycle. that tour. Yeah. When, when you've been a PA before, you don't have to be part of the road crew. Like 
hefted like the heavy uh, amps. You know, and John, I'm, I'm, you notice hey, I, I didn't, didn't like say, being a PA either. So it's like, hey, you know. John, you notice I didn't say I wanted to go on, out on tour with like Ghost. Those guys work. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, you and I are sitting there with them the night before the show, and we're tired and want to get out of there, and they're still having beers. And it's like, do you guys have to work? It's like, we don't get up till two. Oh, got it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go um, with like David's like hedonistic sort of response and just sort of like, I don't know, like the Def Leppard uh, hysteria tour. Uh, yeah. They, where, they, where they did it in the round and Brought stuff. to you by cocaine. I, I, I would have done like the Van Halen 84 tour. Like that probably would have been pretty fun. There's still going to be a hedonistic. Yeah. There's going to be lots of Krell there. Yeah. Saying like, you're going to be surrounded by like metal fans. Cool. Beer. Cool. Chicks giving it away cool it, it also like the, the band will tell you like they had like portals built into the stage where like there were like beds and stuff going on Leather. under the stage Leather. and like band members would like crawl in to like this little cavern and stuff and like bone chicks and just sort of like <laughs> go off do some more lines and stuff and just boop then we pop up and like let's do another solo steve clark Cool. All right. <laughs> it's it's probably good that none so of this happened to us because we would all have been dead a long time now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're assuming we would have survived. Come. That's I what I'm saying. We've got a podcast. <laughs> Is that enough for you? I don't know. Is it too soon? But like, I don't know if, if it's just like a fantasy thing. And again, Brandon, Brandon, super cool. But uh, who's got the next question? I've um, got the next question. I'm gonna go with the long one. David's gonna <sighs> David's gonna tap out on this one. So, uh, our friend and compatriot Tony Maxwell from Australia asked, if you chose the best cuts from Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. What is that? Those guys, Guns N' Roses, David. Heard of them? Uh, combine them to make one album. I'd like to hear the four of you debate which tracks you'd include on an 80 minute single CD of Use Your Illusion. Hold on, let me Google Use Your Illusion. Well, I put, I put links there. So you can you can check out the tracks from each album. Okay, cool. What, 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 I, I put together ten songs. What question and number is this, John? This is the last question. Go all the way down. Question uh, six. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. So I, I put together ten songs, and then you guys tell me if there's something missing from that ten. And and my list is actually at sixty three minutes. I thought that was fine for one album. I think eighty starts to become a double album again. So. Here, Gee, here was my work into that. Yeah, that's Devil so like, just yeah. So give give Tony the the rundown here. Right here's the, here's my number ten. Civil War, Live and Let Die, November Rain, You Could Be Mine, Knocking on Heaven's Door, Don't Cry, Dust and Bones, Estranged, Double Talk and Jive, and Coma. Colin, thoughts? Yeah, I I'm a, I, I'm okay with most of those. I'm just, I'm also doing a double check here to make sure you have Como on there. You do have the, the radio hits. Yeah, that's, that, that's not bad, John. I think I could, I think, you I, know, could I, I think that. the ones you're struggling with are dust and bones and double talk and jive. And that's yeah. probably me too, but I don't know what I would replace. Them. <laughs> you just played knocking on heaven's door twice. And, well, uh, you know, knocking on heaven's door. 
I even thought about leaving that one off, but people like that one. And I don't know. There's already two two covers there with Live and Let Die and Knocking yeah, on Heaven's Door. Get in, get in the would, ring That would have been my knock against it. Like two cover songs? Like, whoa. That's that's kind of like yeah. Van Halen y. Why did Get in the Ring not make your list? I, oh, because, because when I was putting the list together, I played it again and I just thought it was a little okay. Uh, and the also ones really I included, kind of I liked better. That's kind of dumb. I mean, I think if you're putting together, if you put together 60 to almost 80 minutes worth of music, right? If Not every track's going to be a home run. Uh, true, right? But two of your three singles are covers. Well, that's what I said, yeah. Yeah. John, John said too, yeah. It's like I, a- I, you know, if I'm going to go back in time and, and change this, I'm going to do a whole record of covers. I'm going to release six tracks of covers and call it a day. Put you know what? It. Given given the amount of time they were on the road and things like that, it wouldn't have been the worst idea. Nowadays, it, you know if, what I mean? if, if, if that were if now, they did that. if that were right now, they could put you know six track EP of just cover songs. It probably would have sold better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, mean, they also, sort of did that with lies. Yeah. Or, and, you know. In and, the and, the whole thing, and the whole thing too, if they, if they had put it out like sooner, if they had dropped some stuff, they would have missed like that sort of like the, the, the myth of the curve where like metal was dying. Like metal was dying because like it had been oversaturated. But like the longer like GNR stayed out of the game, and you, all you're watching to get like some Guns N' Roses sort of like uh, juju was like them doing. Uh, knocking on heaven heaven's door live, and then actually yelling out to Slash and the rest of the band, "Give me some fucking reggae," and they went into like a reggae groove, <laughs> and they go into the reggae groove. It's like that's is that the metal thing? Is that metal Hollywood Dan? Give me some Hollywood reggae. Dan is metal. I know. I will say, out of those ten songs, I like them all. They're, they're some all of them good, I those, I really like. Those, so, those are good tracks. Which ones man. do you really like, John? I love Estranged. That's one Orange of my favorite Guns N' Roses song ever. I love Coma. Uh, November Rain, I think, is a great song. Just overplayed. Because that was probably the biggest song that came off both records combined. Like, I, you know, it just played a lot. You Could Be Mine, I think, is that's a, a great song. song. That's that's the best one on those albums, period. I, yeah. I, 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 might, I might suggest here, just as I think of it now, um, take off like one of the cover songs that put on like beating a dead horse i like that song i you know if i was to replace one it would probably be dust and bones and the only reason being is like the numbers i was comparing numbers as well on plays like on spotify and things like that live and let die and knocking on heaven's door tens of millions both of them yeah 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 and and, and again like it, it it's a really it's a really <clears throat> almost very different band that emerges with both of these records. And like everybody, especially Slash has said like, you fucking changed the drummer. And like Adler's drumming style compared to like Matt Snornum, it's like, uh, nope, totally different fucking style. Uh, you know, well, and Izzy leaves too. You know, Izzy oh, wrote well, a lot of these songs or co-wrote yeah, a lot of these well, songs well, and then he was gone. He's, he's like, how long are we still gonna be a band? Like. In, Check out like that great record, Izzy with the Juju Hounds. Yeah, and that's that's a great record that came out almost about the same time. Um, but uh, Tony, love you, dude. 
thank you for like that uh, thoughtful question and shit. Um, we're still looking to get your address, and we'll send you some uh, some swag. We should yeah, go man. visit him. We're not calling. We, we should, back we should to just you. visit him in Australia. Just like man. randomly show up at his Tony's house. Tony's gearing up for another kiss quiz too. But we got to make sure that most of the quiz doesn't revolve around like unmasked. We got to have a chat about that before we do part two. Okay. Yeah. We're going right. to vet the questions in advance. All right. Colin. Yeah. I'm up. Oh. All right. Yeah. I'm going to take us. And I, I don't know how you do echo in my voice. Can you do echo though? Because I am ready for the Joey Mahoney super block. The block, Joey block, Mahoney block, super block. block. Joey Mahoney. Five so, 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 rapid so, so, fire so, questions. So, this is so, constant so, listener are we Joseph all, Mahoney out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Are we all answering all five questions? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Colin, yeah. just 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 say the Joey. Mahoney I think with number block. nine, Colin, let's make that three concerts instead of five. Otherwise, we'll be here into tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Well, for me, I I don't have. I can't. It's, it's so hard. I mean, it's been hundreds and hundreds. It's hard to pick three. I, well, I, I, I Colin, what was the question though? You didn't say. Two oh, questions. the top five concerts each. And I've already said Rammstein was the best show I've ever seen in my life. That's that has to be number one. Um, it's so hard from there to pick. It's been hundreds and hundreds. It's so hard to pick the other ones that I would list. So I'm just going to go with Rammstein as my number one of all time. And and it just it, absolutely mind blowing. Uh, number 10, do you believe in no, Satan? No, no, no. Like, like, let David... Oh, Mike I thought we were each going to do five. No, no, no. Do five, five concerts. Five, five we're all going to do five? No, three. We're David, three. top three right. concerts. Top three five. concerts. Um, I I mean, I got to throw it back, right? So, um, I don't even remember. Um, I think when I saw uh, Firehose, Basshead, and Beastie Boys... That was a great concert. I can barely remember, but had a lot of fun. Um, the concert I talk about all the time because it's the one where I, where I, I didn't meet Joey Mahoney at that concert, but I got the flyer that got me into Joey Mahoney's band at that concert, and that was Voivod, Soundgarden, and Faith No More. Um, was a great show, and another concert I talk about all the time because it was freaking awesome. Creator opening for Coroner, uh, Union Station in 1989. Okay, pretty good, that's, Michael. That's impressive. Um, so um, I'm gonna go with um, these uh, picks here. So like the, the first like time that I ever saw like live music that I wanted to see and actually bought tickets for was at the Santa Clara Fairgrounds for like the big fair, and who was on stage? Fucking YNT callback, Gosh. and it was amazing. We were on in the bleachers. I was at that show. Oh, right, that's right. John. Yeah. Oh, is that John Harden? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he totally was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it again. Um, you know, it, it kind of solidified for me. It's kind of like this is the thing. This is the music. This is these are the people. This is, you know, the whole the whole scene of it. And the, the parents who were our chaperones, of course, were just sort of like, eh, well, let the kids be kids. And and I thank them for that. Dad, if you're yeah, listening absolutely. on iHeartRadio, or if you haven't figured out how to work out your apps, that's fine. We'll talk about it again. But, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing like Dave Medichetti and, and like the, the full classic band, Joey Alves, 
and uh, Leonard, Hayes Leonard Hayes and uh, uh, Phil Kenmore. Phil Kenmore. Like, man, it was like, oh my gosh, these actually—they actually exist. It's like, it was just like, holy God! It's like bands and music that I've been listening to since '83, and John and I with Ferg saw and my brother Dan. We saw them in '80. I'm gonna say '85. Say '85. Yep. Is that three? It was, like, it was amazing. Nope, that's yeah. one. Two more. That's Michael. one. That's one. Oh, two more. Rap, rapid Shit. fire, okay. Michael. Shit, rapid fire. Well, so that's so that's like so that's your sort of gateway drug. Okay, so I'm gonna do one more quick one. Two more quick ones. Okay, so I saw uh, Kiss and Wasp at Cow Palace, uh, also with this dude named John Hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was the that, very next show after after Y and T. One more. Right, and, that, and and that was our first time seeing Kiss, and just to see Kiss, it's like. That's enough. Also, Wasp. Um, I could give you more grisly details of that, but I won't. Um, And then the epic show, which probably was our third show. This is it. I'm just going like one, two, three. It's like the first girl I kissed, the first girl I touched boobs with, the first girl (laughs) I got to third base with. It's like John Hart was there. John Hart was there too. (laughs) Ozzy Osbourne, (laughs) Ultimate Sin Tour, opening band, Cal Palace, San Francisco, California. Metallica. Metallica just like blew everyone's eardrums out and blew everyone's fucking minds. And you knew it's like Ozzy was irrelevant at that point, more or less. And John. All right, I'm going to go faster. Mike was at two of the three. Uh, My number one, Monsters of Rock, Candlestick Park, uh, 1988, Van Halen, Scorpions, Metallica, Doc, and Kingdom Come. Uh, I'd say number two, maybe the Taylor Hawkins show that I just went to out in Los Angeles. That's going to be a a tough mountain to uh, to overcome on that one. And number three, I think Day on the Green when Motley headlined for Girls, Girls, Girls with White Snake and Poison. Not because the show was incredible, but because the experience was incredible. And. I, I don't know if I've told that story, but uh, we sold our tickets in the parking lot, and uh, our friend John pretended like he was strung out on LSD, and uh, one of the rock docs came and walked us through uh, each checkpoint, and then just opened the door and let us onto the floor of the concert. So, uh, yeah, it, it was classic Curry, you know, pretty crystalline memory there. So uh, those those would be my three. Wow. Yeah. And then Marty walked out without a shoe again. <laughs> Not, not the first time he had done that. All right, what's next here? Do you believe in Satan? Is this, this just yes no? Quick. Is no? this just yes or no? Oh, I, I, more I, Joey Joey Mahoney. So, uh, we're still in the super Joey block, Mahoney dude. super block. Yeah. Well, that's why okay. we're going fast. Colin? Um, I, I'm not an overly religious person, but I believe that there are both positive and negative forces in the universe. So if there's got to be positive forces, there's negative forces. So call it what you will. That's what I believe. All right, David. Yeah. Next. Michael. No. <laughs> My answer. No. Uh, next question. Colin. Number 11, Colin. Why can't we quit kiss? Cause we have problems is the real, is the real bottom line. Cause we're, we're way too loyal. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's the, just the allegiance to the music. It's the memories. Um, but I will tell you, and I don't remember who brought it up. I don't know how much they're helping themselves anymore. 
I think I think they are dangerously close to ending their run. Um, but I just don't think they're going to be. I, I think they're going to hit a point where we stop going because I think we're going to say enough already. But uh, yeah. I think I think we just we're loyal. We like the music again. Lots of fond memories. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to think. Starting to wonder. My my brother-in-law just went on both cruise, cruise kisses, kiss oh, wow. cruises back to back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate him going. I'm sure he's had a great time. I appreciate, you know, all the stories he'll have. And he's brought back all sorts of souvenirs. He's gone a couple of times before. And it's, I, I know it's a good time. But the more I see some of these bands and the more I see them still hanging on, as we pointed out earlier, it's it's tarnishing to some bands a bit. So I think Kiss is close to maybe tarnishing. Yeah, maybe. No, I mean, I think that the, the music is timeless. It's uh, They've proven themselves. You can put on the first record, it's still good. Still sounds good, still rocks. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so I appreciate I, I appreciate David's interpretation of this question. It's like, well, why why can't you kick, kick uh, or quit Kiss? And it's sort of like, I don't know, because like as soon as I like put the needle down on the record or the song comes on, it's like, I'm going back in time. I'm going back. In, I'm not necessarily going on a Kiss cruise in the future and dropping like you know hundos and thousands to do that. But like, you know, what? what why? Why can't we just sort of like outgrow Kiss? It, it, I, I don't take my Kiss lunchbox to school anymore. The, the quick answer to this is, well, you know, why can't we quit Kiss? The answer is, why the fuck should we? What else am I going to listen to? Like, what am I going to listen to Cardi B? I, like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, I will put on rock and roll over and it will be great. Like, but you should bring uh, in new music, which is what he asked us I, about. I, hey, man, I, you know, I, I, I still see plenty of concerts. You know, there, there are new bands that I like. Do I like them as much as Kiss? No. Like, I, you know, it's, uh, if a new band comes out and they offer me something that's equally great, I'm happy to support them. I, you know, in the past decade or a little over, I love Coheed and Cambria. I buy all their releases. I go see them when they tour. It's as much as I can do for that band. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Struts, who are even newer than Coheed. I think they're a fantastic band, and I will continue to see what they do. But do they bring the fun and the, the memories and the history and the catalog that KISS does? No. Yeah. No. They don't. And but Colin, I do agree with you. They are they're getting perilously close to going off the cliff. And they know uh, that too. Except except their shows they, they are still that. good. That's the, the shows thing. Are, that's the, the thing. shows. The shows are still, are still fun. It's not like they're getting up there and people are putting up these videos like, oh look at you know, Paul you know stumbling through the is. words and falling down. It's like, no, look at no. Paul singing on a rope while they shoot 10 minutes worth of confetti. And people yeah, are like, dude, the 74 angle. year old Gene Simmons is a hundred times better than a 57 year old Vince Neil. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, that's the truth. Like it yeah. just is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Joey Mahoney question. Number three, four <laughs> have four. bands have bands like wasp aged. Well, now, Joey, I will say, I haven't seen Wasps yet, Wasp yet, uh, lately coming up on the 19th, I think, um, in November. But. Yeah, I think that tour, Colin, is a microcosm of that question. Bands like Wasp have they aged well. Armored Saint, same age as Wasp. Armored Saint, aging well. Wasp, they're okay. Not so much. Well, and also, like, band is like, band is like, again, like, uh, Blackie has been touring with like some of some of the musicians in his 
I'm using air quotes here, his band um, for some time. So it's like, you know, it, it's definitely Blackie's outfit. So it's like, if Blackie's up for it, they make a record. If Blackie's up for it, they go on tour, uh, which has clearly not been like their modus operandi for a long time. Um, so aging well, I guess we're, we're going to find out. There's probably like um, a lot of video emerging from their, their recent shows that are coming to John Harden there in Tejas. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I guess the meta to that question is have bands like Wasp aged well? What bands are like Wasp? <laughs> well, I think he, I took it as the same. Just uh, old bands. Yeah, same, well, same, you know, release yeah, yeah. dates and, and stuff. And I don't think they are. We talked about that. I don't, I don't, I didn't take this question to necessarily mean live. I took this question more to mean, you know, is the music how's, there? How's the music aged? That the music is. And I have to admit, I am, you know, okay. I'm, I'm that guy who sits on one record. Like their first record, I could listen to two, yeah. three times in a row. I think it bangs. Oh, so, so, oh, if, um, if, if the answer to the question is like, have how's the music? The, 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 the music that was originally recorded by bands like Wasp has it aged well? Absolutely. Go back and listen to that first, like, solo, the, the first uh, debut, the self titled record. It's like, Fuck yeah! First, That's now fine. here's the thing. Since I'm still been, fine with it. Since we've been doing this podcast, I have listened to a lot more Wasp. I've taken their catalog all the way through. You know what? It's all good. There's some. Yeah. There's that one of those. There, there's one record where the drums are way too loud. That's my primary complaint on that record. I forget which one it is. Um, Probably the one Frankie Benali's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like super up front, and and I just think it sounds yeah. terrible. But the songs are good. I think that. Uh, and the other the other way I read this question was a little bit about Blackie going in like a political direction, and I think that that's that's hard. And even I think you heard John Bush kind of leaning in, into that a little bit, just kind of like, oh, Blackie's got his thing. Um, got and his I think thing. That, I think that that's tough. I think it's tough. I I think it's just as easy to stay away from that stuff um, if you want to be in a band and you want to pe- have people not kind of. Like, I don't need to know these things about you. Well, and, and again, like the whole the whole theme of like what we talk about here is middle aged metalheads. It's like it's really tricky to like watch your idols grow, evolve, age, and sort of like, and, and maybe in some ways, in in their growth and their development, kind of like get away from what you thought their core message was when you were in eighth grade, and then when you're like fifty years old, go and go. I don't know. But then again, you're not you're not the artist. You're not the person producing the music or right. writing the songs. Like you want to so do this like a beast, as long as there's no kids standing on your lawn. Okay. Doing what like a beast? <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't speak like that. Like nice. raking like a beast. Like, All right, uh, Colin. Last one. <laughs> uh, last one. What new bands are top? Sorry, top five new bands. So for me, I on the on the flash drive. I've been listening to Pounder. We learned about them. <sighs> Pounder. We learned about them. Pounder. Yeah, I learned about them last a uh, couple weeks ago, or last week. Uh, still rocking thank, against. Thank evil. you, Matt Harvey. Thank you, Matt Harvey. Still rocking against evil. Um, I, oh, I yeah, really, yeah, I yeah. really enjoy. Shout out to our guys good. there in uh, Eastern India. Yep. Um, Charger. It's a band from Los Angeles. I've told you guys about them before. I really think that they're a lot of fun. Um, I've got The Who, 
on here, H-U, because again, I think I just love their, their music. And, and I don't have a fifth at the moment, I'll be honest with you. Those are, uh, there's new Capra coming out, so that might be exciting soon. Mm. That'll, be, that'll be out uh, early next year. And, love that. Uh, yeah, so um, those are the four out of five that popped into my head. The, the other one, uh, actually, to be honest with you, a lot of what I'm listening to right now is revisiting older stuff that I just didn't, like Hawkwind. I listened to a Hawkwind album the other day. I haven't really spent back a whole lot of time back in the day, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend some Hawkwind and uh, just trying to catch up on some things that I haven't listened to prior. So H- Hawkwind is not exactly a new band, though. Correct. That's what I said. But it's new to Colin. New to you. If you, you know, if you don't know that record, it's like I, you know, I, I could pick up pretty much any autograph album, and it would be a brand new metal record. Okay, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did. I did hear. I shared it with you guys this week. There's a. They're not super new, but they have a new record. Uh, a band called Psychonaut. They're from Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I really like that record. It's uh, it's not usually what I roll with, but uh, uh, they're repped by someone I know, and they sent it to me. And I thought the album was really good. Um, hey, is that you spell Psychonaut? I'm gonna look them up. Here. Uh, uh, like astronaut, but Psycho oh. instead All of right. Astro. Right on. Um, uh, I mentioned I mentioned the Struts. I I love them, and I know they're working on new music. Uh, I like the Mammoth WBH record, Wolfgang Van Halen's record. Uh, I know he's working on the new album, and uh, I always like Crazy Licks. And they're, they're, <laughs> you really do. They're a current band. What else, guys? <laughs> no, I, I, so like I was confused. Well, not confused, but like the idea of like what new constitutes is like albums that came out or bands that came out in the past five years, ten yeah, years. Yeah, sure. I mean, five. given where most of our bands are 40 years old, five, yeah, so, five are just youngsters. David, what you got? I got, uh, let me see, my quick five. Um, I'm still considering Capra new. Those kids are rocking around the country, and they're super good. Um, their Instagram's pretty active, so you can see lots of little live clips. There's a live video of them in Philly the last time they were here down at uh, the legendary J.C. Dobbs. And uh, it's super cool, but... Um, yeah, they're putting up live clips on their on their Instagram that are great. They've got a new record coming out soon, uh, and they're a friend of the show. They're super awesome. Um, Cousin Mary has a new band um, with one of the Mackays called Hammered Halls. That full record just came out. It's super cool. Um, I'm still digging these local bands, man. Half Cross, the power violence band from Philadelphia. Um, Zorn is a really great Philly band. Um, spelled Z O R N. And uh, the last local band I'm going with is Honey, right? They've been around for a while. Yeah, They've been on good. the show. Uh, just saw them with, uh, they opened for DRI. And man, they're just so freaking good. If you're into that classic thrash, but not like the old outdated stuff, it's just, it's kind of just old enough like that you can tell they know what they're talking about. They've got cred and just new enough that it sounds tight. It's like really, really good stuff. So. If you're in the Philly area, check out those last three bands. If you're out, like uh, Capra's down in New Orleans, uh, Hammered Hulls is down in D.C., um, check those records out. They're on either Bandcamp or on uh, the streaming services, or you just find them on, band- on uh, Spotify or something like that, or, or check out their Instagram pages. Yeah, that, that's super cool. And you, you guys did, like, your homework and stuff, so, like, I was, yeah. like, a little flat-footed here. So, like, when it comes to, like, what, what I would consider like new bands that I listen to 
He's um, like YNT. Yeah, we're like, oh yeah, have you guys heard of a band called Judas Priest or Autograph Callback? Um, but uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get him go back to a band that we saw recently. At least uh, the three of us, minus John, who's in Texas. But uh, you know, Alien Weaponry. Uh, for me, it's like the band, their sound, their their sort of like commitment as a band coming, like young kids coming from uh, you know New Zealand, still like embracing and expressing their Maori culture and stuff. It's 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 just amazing stuff. Um, and could I come up with another band just that is like newish? I don't know. If I said Mastodon, that's still like twenty years. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to the next question. <laughs> Joey Mahoney. That's it. That's, the that's Joey it. block that's is Joey finished. Mahoney. There you go. Block. Yep. David, what's next? What's next? I'm just gonna go in order, as All promised. Right. Is it possible? that albums that we adored when they were released as teenagers have made us biased towards other albums released before or after? Or did the albums that were released at the peak of our metal obsession just happen to be the best ever? And that is Jabba's half-brother on Instagram. And that's a great question. I say it all the time. Like, I am absolutely biased when I, based on how I came to interact with either an album or an artist if i meet you if you're an artist and i meet you i'm gonna like your music that's all there is to it right like we we talked to matt harvey we talked to john bush we talked to capra i immediately want to love your music i will figure out a way to love your music when i think about finding a band seeing a band I can tell you the only reason I'm even lit was willing to listen to that creator record that Colin <laughs> recommended a couple years ago is because I saw them live and they were awesome. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I'd be like, screw it. I'm not listening to them. Like, I'm 50 and I just started listening to Ar- Armored Saint because John Bush was so freaking cool. NDL. Yeah, yeah, NDL. But, you know, I, I think we can't. We can't answer that question. There's no way we can know, right? We can't kind of separate the bone and the marrow. On that. I can answer that question. All right, fine. <laughs> well, because to me, the way I look at this question, it says, you know, were they, are we biased or were they, did they happen to be the best ever? I look at it as these, leg- for me anyway, these legacy bands were the ones that were, that came out at that time and these legacy records were the ones that they that they released so you know when you have people setting the records and creating the the histories that we have now that's what we're going to measure everything against think about what we talk about right everything is a callback to these legacy records these these things that were released and that's the foundation of where we are today so to me i think we were just lucky that as teenagers yeah we're biased but that is the peak of the of the metal uh, releases that was the new wave of British heavy metal. That was the foundation. So they do happen to be the best ever. I, I really think there's some good ones now, but we're talking about the the the, the, the people and the bands that that set the stage for those to come in the future. All right, forget what I said. <laughs> oh, I th- but, but I think both 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 of your uh, positions there, I think, are like equally valid too. It's it it. it <coughs> It ends up being kind of situational and stuff. John, did you do you have something to add to 
this particular yeah no i i agree with you in in that it is situational because like our show is about a time capsule of music that we have chosen to exalt as the best music or our favorite music and it just so happens to be of that time and uh you know it's it's like if we did a metal show about you know say we did a new metal show and we were like judas priest and maiden those bands suck like corn <laughs> is where it's at oh and gosh. lincoln park is where it's at and limp biscuit and you know we didn't need any of that well if it was a new metal show and you were talking about that time between 2000 and 2010 or you know whatever whatever that time was that's the best time you know right. it, it, it's sort of you're just you're choosing which genre that you want to swim around in we have chosen primarily 80s hard rock and metal and yeah so it is the best time for that music so imagine what it's like to be that person though and think <coughs> new metal is the best and to be that's so that's what wrong. colin does at night when he does <laughs> his other us, podcast like, yeah when he hides right. he does oh, his oh, other oh, podcast oh and his yeah. new metal podcast is, is yeah. it called like a phb it's he called puts- three three dollar bill y'all that's right the podcast yeah so i I have have like a funny anecdote what's on a wig because like back in the day like you you couldn't just like you couldn't just like give your one copy of like the cinderella night songs to somebody and say like try this out you might like it or give your your one copy of like slippery when wet to somebody and say like you might like it and so you would make dub copies you had like some you know Back in the day, you'd have like the boom box with the double cassette players. Everybody knows this. And you play on one side and record a blank on the other side. Hopefully your friend had provided this. And so so one of our friends, uh, we're just going to call him Ferg, just, just to preserve an anonymity. He's like, just can you copy the Bon Jovi? I don't want to hear any of that Cinderella stuff. That Cinderella stuff is like, I don't like it. It's like, so the, there's right. a prejudice against it. And then I like, there was like tape left over. And I'm like, I put in a bunch of Cinderella and like, wasn't able to distinguish between them. He totally loved Cinderella. And then when we played Cinderella at the bar, he's like, fuck yeah. I love Bon Jovi. Confusing. He also thought at one point on a bus ride, like that there must have been 20 guys in the band called Metallica because the music is just sort of like so cacophonously awesome. It's like awesome. But mm. you know, but like you so like you get like you, you have like a brand association with something and you kind of like you kind of like, I don't know, that person's into this band, White Lion. Fuck White Lion, I'm into poison. <laughs> What was the question? That's it. Sorry, I'm, Mike Tramp. There you go. I'm, I'm Mike Stamps. <laughs> Good luck in your tour. What's the next question? Mike Stamps. Stamps. Uh, Not Mike Tramp. It's Michael's turn to choose a question. <laughs> oh, cripes. Yeah. Give me C, uh, David. <laughs> Off the rails. I think he's frozen. No, no, no. I have like I have multiple screens here, so. All right, so it, this this is a uh, whoa, this is uh, woe to thee. Oh my gosh! Don't do that. Oh. In this age of the internet, I have found out all sorts of 
typos and stuff. Bands from the 80s and 90s that I never knew about when I got into metal in those days. My question is how did any of you know about smaller bands uh, that were on small labels on for regional acts? I'm thinking of bands like Hellstar, Stormwitch, White Cross, uh, Hellion. Sounds like Michael's Pro. playlist. <laughs> Have you met Michael Stamps, Jason? (laughs) Bands that were very much of their time, not really genre bands, which I I think is not quite fair, but uh, but more like Iron Maiden or Judas Priest in their style. Sorry about the long fucking question, Jason. No apologies (laughs) necessary. You 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 just need as many words as you need to like get your ideas out. You Jason does the right host. Jason. Jason doesn't realize that if you stood on one end of Michael's record collection, you can see the hole that's drilled straight through most of his records and see to the other side of the room. So to paraphrase the cutouts, all the cutouts. To paraphrase Jason's question is like, well, how, how is it that they're like there were all of these bands that like put out records? Even if they were on small labels, they were regional acts and what have you. Um, and they probably had adoring fans. And they probably had like really sort of like dedicated, uh, you know, groupies and whatnot. Uh, maybe not PBH style or anything like that. But uh, when you go on to something like YouTube, now you can hear all the records that were not in your really small bullshit Hollister town. <laughs> Or or, like every, hot sauce? or or even know that they exist and like so so what how do we how do we uh, square that spur? Cool. Yeah, I mean Jason asked how well did we know about smaller bands like that? And the answer is we really didn't. There wasn't a way unless you were in sort of a tape trading community or something like that in a bigger city, which we didn't really have access to. You were either fed what the labels wanted you to be eating on MTV and the radio. Sometimes you would have fringe radio shows like Metal Shop that would bring something that you had never heard before and then you can try and go. More often than not, you'd go to a record store and be like, hey, I heard this new band on Metal Shop and they'd be like, we don't carry that. And it's like, well, can you order it? And so maybe in a month or three weeks, you get this tape that you ordered. And by then you don't really care. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So it's like newer bands, smaller bands that didn't have a national following or a break. It was really tough to to get to know those bands. You know, we would go to uh, some club shows now and again in, in San Jose or San Francisco. And we'd see bands that, you know, didn't end up really going anywhere. But outside of San Jose and San Francisco, no one probably ever heard those bands. So, uh, it, it, you know, like Mike said, now you can go on YouTube or Bandcamp or, you know, even even Spotify has has bands that don't have a huge following and you can find things like that. Or there's blogs that would point you to things like that. But, you know, when all we had was Circus Magazine or Hit Parader and then, like I said, the mainstream media shows, we didn't have a way to get those bands to us. They're, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, e- I even could... even bands that are a bit bigger, we've talked about it. Bands like Overkill and things like that did not have traction with us when we were growing up because they just weren't big enough to to really put a dent in what we were seeing. 
Yeah. I mean, over here in, you know, in the Philly area, you've got, you know, any band that's over here on the, on the East coast, they're hitting DC, especially if you're talking like hardcore bands and, and even like in the periphery of being a hardcore band, like punk bands, all that, you know, you've got a load of clubs down in the DC and, and Northern Virginia area. You've got Philly, you've got the Philly Burbs, the college scene, you've got a string of clubs in Jersey, especially South Jersey. And then you've got New York and maybe Boston, right? Cause it's if, like from Philly, Boston's like six hours, no matter what you do. Um, from New York, it's still like a good four hours because you can't good really, luck. yeah, yeah, because you got to go up around that hook, right? So it's like you, it's not like you can shortcut it to Boston. Um, it's still nine hours, but you know, you're you're you've got a lot of bands that were coming through this area. Like I think about the bands that we would see pretty pretty regularly, right? Like Forbidden, Faith or Fear, you know, a lot of thrash bands. But but it was uh, I think it was Morbid Angel was the first major label like metal band um, of their, of their kind. And they were on earache or something. And before that, I mean, you would go to the, you'd go to the clubs that had like the metal nights. We had pulsations here in the area, you know, anthrax, King diamond slayer, all these bands came through on metal Mondays. Um, we had the truck when I was in high school, truck had metal shows every single week and we would go every single week uh, my buddy stymie like sends a video he's like yo man check this video and he's like the third row in, at a forbidden show you could see his like blonde head bobbing up and down um there were a lot of acts that came through and it might be like dark angel headlining and like a string of bands like excel from california open for dark angel like they're like this skate punk metal band um opening for a band like dark angel with gene hoagland on drums real heavy stuff um we saw a lot of those bands coming through um some of the bands that you mentioned like they didn't make it out here um if at all but we had a lot we had a lot of little clubs and we had a lot of like a uh, there's a place called the grapevine down at uh um swarthmore college a lot of metal a lot of hardcore punk stuff came through there um south jersey had its own scene with like g willigers and things like that so we saw a lot of bands national acts you know, they would say a national act. That just mean that they had some kind of support, but they were probably still in a in a van, <laughs> just going city to city like a lot of bands do now. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's 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 tough. I mean, small labels, regional acts. We saw them all. You know, in Philly, and it was you know, it could have been a, a club. It could have been a small, you know, who knows what kind of venue it is. It could have been somebody's basement at a house party. Like we played those. We we played clubs in Philly. We played basements where like you could barely fit the drums in the PA down like a little circular stairway uh, here in Philly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of acts. Uh, I, I'm still into small acts. I, you know, I love it. I love going to see a small, we saw, what's the, what's the band we saw? Baroness. We saw Baroness in a club that like you could stand at the bar and like throw a peanut at them. Like it was a tiny little venue, but they're like, a they're not, they're not, they're not so small. Like people, who this, know their metal. Dude, we were we were in a we were in a club but they, but, but that they was will, about the size but they will of a play that. Yeah, and it was but, I mean it was a great venue for them, right? But um you got to show up. Out. You got to show up for that, you know? Yeah. So Colin, what say ye? Well, for me in rural in rural Pennsylvania, I had no clubs to go to. I had no access to music other than the record store. So as we've uh, discussed before, picking up tapes, picking up records 
Now the question to me is is smaller labels. I can't, I can't judge the smaller label necessarily because I don't remember which one they were on, but I will say that they were probably smaller bands like Helix. Um, you know, the bands that, that had some small hits, but nothing that ever really exploded. So I, I definitely had but, my, but, but they were, but they were still on Capitol records. So that's like, what I mean. They weren't they, like tiny, tiny. You could find now. them in music land. Even if you never heard them on the radio, they would still be correct. The warehouse or music land. But like, yeah, they were like middling bands. Right. Yeah. That's how I found, that's how I found King Cobra. And that kind of stuff. What about Manila Road, though? What I've heard, I've heard of them. I never bought any of that stuff, but a friend shared it with me, so I've heard of Manila Road. I also have a guy, a good buddy of mine named Dale, who's been into the NWO BHM stuff forever. So I've got Jaguar handed to me, and I've got Brokus Helm handed to me, and I've got Tank handed to me. I mean, this guy, you know, God love him. I've I've had Tigers of Pantang, you know, handed to me for decades. So they're to me, but as you pointed out, Michael, they're not necessarily small labels, just just not necessarily bands that, that took off. Um, but you know, everybody it, it, to me, it's just the exposure of, of those bands. The only way I got it was was through the, the friends sharing it with me at the record store. I wasn't able to go to the clubs like you guys were; just didn't have any in the area. Yeah, and again, like not speaking for David, but like John and I, like we we didn't have like regular access to clubs. We weren't like in the scene. We were like. You know, you know, we barely able to have our driver's license during the scene that was going on in, in San Francisco or in the Bay Area and whatnot. So, like, we're, we're not getting there. We went to, like, big arena shows. And mom and dad or, you know, usually, like, one of our dads, like, drove us there, hung out for a while, and then they picked us up thereafter. And it was just sort of like we had good parents. Thank you, you know, Don and John for like helping out with that <laughs> shit. But uh, you know, to, to I think to like the the essential question as far as like what this guy's trying to square is like enjoy the fucking shit because you, you're still alive and you can listen to it now. There's like so many fucking sad bastards are going like, why don't they make music like they used to make back in the '80s and stuff? It's like. You have no idea what you miss. The internet, YouTube, all those streaming services, they are chock full of great bands whose albums, whose songs might have touched you in the same way as Dio or Poison or Bon Jovi would have touched you back in high school. Like They're waiting for you to discover them. Can you support them? Can you see them live? No. But you can you can get back into that sort of like mental you know time capsule, and you can just go back and enjoy like what's rough, what's raw, what's unlikable about the music, what would have pissed off parents about this music, what you as a an aesthetic sort of like critique of music would would like not like. Just go, and like there's there's like a great box set that's coming out that uh, John you had posted up there on our on our yeah chat the, there the Sunset Strip compilation yeah the really Sunset good. Strip compilation not yet I'm looking forward to it yeah it's good so like so like all those assholes who's like Molly Crew invented Sunset Strip they invented all the music that we listened to they're the founders of it's like nope you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong they're part of a scene and they were. You know, the, the Darwin fish that sort of like got, you know, its 
footholds out of the water into land. That's it. But there were tons and tons of other bands that were like making music. Maybe they never got, never got recorded. Um, but in this case, it got recorded. And that's like yeah. a great looking sweet box set. And also, I, I have to do a little bit better job of my uh, rac- r- rot gut raccoon sort of set. Yeah, let's bring that back. No, we're not. Yeah, because like yeah. I discovered like <laughs> so I like much it. great I like shit. It too. Like, okay, so I'll throw out some like just, yeah. Check your, out we, your weekend metal, Michael, should be the Rock Gut Raccoon uh, recommendation. I think yeah. that's a fine idea. Check out Wolf. Check out Warrior. That will fatten up your W section of your uh, your of your, uh, your, of your USB drive uh, on the W. Uh, or, or, if, or if you buy CDs and stuff. And these are great bands. It's like, how did I not hear of them? And it's and again, it, it goes back to all these questions and stuff that we've had too. It's like, yeah, it's it, it, it's 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 a really much larger more expansive culture and i and i and again it's 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 all about just like encouraging people to just sort of like you know as i tell my students like lower your fucking expectations well i think i think we have an episode like that coming up david and i were tossing the idea around of a of a an episode of these bands existed (laughs) <laughs> these bands exist like not not necessarily videos not necessarily hit singles just bands that we know about uh that that are pretty good that you know not, and, and not even bands mm. that are like you know undervalued or these guys should have grabbed the brass ring like they just were but but all but also like what yeah the i think that could be fun. Did you wow. miss michael have like 40 bands oh yeah so the rest of us better get an opportunity to all talk right about let me yeah, let me right. let me take the last question here let's let's put a bow on this shall we yeah, i'm gonna we go try. back to our friend tony from australia tony. who asks other than acdc what aussie metal do you know about and one of one of my partners here put down airborne Airborne. Which was going to be my first answer. I like Airborne. I oh. think they're cool, but they sound just like ACDC. They do. So but like... they're from Australia. Was the question? They're yeah. off. They're off from Australia. I, I don't uh, think. I don't is know. Abba from Australia. I don't know a lot of AC or Australian metal. You know, if I if I think Australian, you know, which band I always really liked from Australia was Silverchair. And oh, I thought, yeah. I thought they put out great records, and especially, you know, I know Daniel John's Frog Stomp, right? With yeah. mental health, yeah, Frog Stomp was their first record. Uh, they they have an album called Diorama that they did, uh, where uh, Van Dyke Parks, who who arranged the strings on like a lot of the Beach Boys records and things like that, worked with them to put out this album, and I love it. Like I think it's such a cool record, and. You know, Daniel Johns struggled with mental health and that band sort of imploded upon itself. But the albums that they did do, I think are worth tracking down. A really great band uh, that, that has sort of been forgotten. I would ask if if we could get a list of the bands that Tony knows about. I would agree. If, if, if Tony, if Tony, if you could help us out and give that, us some, that, some things that could to listen feed to, you, you, these you could, bands existed. Yes, it, the <laughs> Australian bands that, that were. You could yeah. ask uh, Wikipedia. Nah, nah I'd don't do that. Yeah, we'd rather hear. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you when when uh, there's two bands I think about um, aside from ACDC when I think about uh, Man Australia. War. Well, obviously three bands. Um, Men at Work. Men at Work. Kylie Minogue. <laughs> um, Olivia Newton John. No, the the band that your man who went down to that 
festival the down there, right? Uh, your man went down to that festival in yeah. Australia, and oh, he yeah, came yeah, back yeah. with Parkway Drive. Yes. Which, yes, if did. see, I can't listen to Parkway Drive because their production hurts my ears. But a lot of people really like them. They're very—they're they not new metal, but they're modern metal. Yeah. Um, the other band is a, a friend's band, and they're not—they're me- not metal in their music, but they're metal in their attitude. That band's called Clown Zoo. Um, it is—I'll um, send you some links for these guys. Most of their stuff is on YouTube. It used to be on iTunes and Spotify, but I think it fell off because somebody wasn't paying attention. Um, the singer is a fellow named Declan DeBar, who's uh, got some records out as a solo artist. He's the writer for The Witcher. So if you're watching okay. The Witcher on Netflix, he's the writer. Um, so he's not making a whole lot of music these days, but their music is really intense and super moody and dark and awesome. He's originally from Dublin, but he grew up in Australia and he had this band called Klonzu with two N's and the Z U has a a fod, an accent over the U. Um, check out a record they put out called Black Coats and Bandages. And it's awesome. Um, and as a metal guy, that record has the intensity of metal, but it's not metal. Um, and I really I really think people should check that out. I'm going to go back, since we're, it's, since we're talking about it, I'm going to go back and listen to more Parkway Drive. Because <laughs> I remember that the, the songs were good. But like I said, there's this new modern production way of doing metal that really bothers my ears and I can't stand it. Um, So I don't know if they've got other stuff that's out that I can listen to, or maybe they're really good live. All right, Michael. Uh, Again, like you caught me flat footed on this. I I already gave out like my best offerings, Olivia (laughs) Newton-John, BGs. So no metal. Men at work. Right, well, Hollywood Crowded House appreciate all of these Crowded offerings. House. I think. I like Crowded House. Crowded House. Okay, cool. Like uh, uh, Midnight Oil. So, Tony, we were done at Airborne. Is, 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 <laughs> is the, yeah. the takeaway, Tony? And, and I, and and I'm going to tell you, I never even heard of Airborne. <laughs> oh, dude, check them out, man. They've got it's, some pretty good records, i got to say. I mean, it's ACDC, Dave. Right. Oh, like, yeah. it really is. I mean... Yeah, they're they're pretty hot, but yeah, it's basically listening to uh, you know uh, what, what's what's that uh, the band with the cherry in it, Black Cherry, Buck Black Cherry. Cherry. That's what cherry. it's called, Buck Cherry, Buck Cherry. It's like, hey, cool, but uh, good stuff. And again, like uh, it's, it's it, we we appreciate like Tony's uh, wanting to get like some national recognition and stuff, but like I don't know. That's that's good enough. It's great stuff. <laughs> wow. It, and, and again, like uh, Brian Tony will talk- bring us some bands. We will share them once we have them. Okay. Right. Well, that, right. that, that was a good callback, though, David, to uh, our show with the fellow who went to. Uh, this this, is, it's like episode four. Yeah, I was gonna say, what a great right. callback, like man! Three years, years ago. Yeah. Uh, also, we should we should talk about too. Like, how long we've we been doing this, bitches? A long time. A couple of years. Yeah. This is episode one thirty. Three? We're like we're Eight. like a pro- we're approaching like an anniversary that's like four years, uh, just after Thanksgiving. Yeah, there you go. We're coming so up. We're, 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 David, we're, we're definitely in that uh, that watershed. All right, somebody hit that man with a tranquilizer dart. Land this plane, <laughs> David. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so proud to bring you the sixth of what is now seven. Um, <laughs> question and answer. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> episodes from the listeners at home. And we are glad that you're here. We're glad you made it to the end. If you've got the time, please go on to Spotify or Apple, tune Apple Music and give us five stars. Give us a little uh, 20, or, 20 or 30 words about how awesome we are. It helps improve the visibility of the podcast. On behalf of Michael Stamps, John Harden, Metal Lord Colin Bosler, and myself, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Instagram at Metal Podcast, on Twitter at MAMH Pod, and just look for Middle Aged Metalheads on Facebook and you'll find us. Later. Later. <laughs>